0: Hello everybody and welcome to Locked on Flames. Today we recap the disappointing Game 2 loss, what we have enjoyed the most about the Flames games and what uh, what we haven't enjoyed, and of course a look ahead to this afternoon's Game 3. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. So game two, (laughs) Um, we talked about, you know, how exciting a game one win was. And then you reminded me that the Flames lost every game after game one Mm. against the Avs. (laughs) So was, was game two almost expected?
1: It wasn't expected for me. And maybe it's because I had blind hope. But, like, I I wasn't expecting that, especially after the shy and line A injuries. Then the fact that they were actually officially out of the game. I was not expecting the Flames to play like they did. And, you know, it's just kind of like the word I went to bed with last night was frustration. Like,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: was frustrated watching the Flames with the way they played. And then... You know, there was also a ton of frustration you could see in the Flames themselves. And it was just like not great. And the first period, I counted at least a couple examples of where the Flames couldn't get the puck out of their own defensive zone. In three tries like it literally took more than three tries for the defenseman to get it from their stick to the forward stick and out of their blue line and into the neutral zone like that kind of crap like and it got better throughout the game, which was fine. Um, In game one, the flames had 14 turnovers. I think Sportsnet put a bug up last night about halfway through the game that they already had 11, like halfway through the game. So they were on pace for about 22. They ended the game with 16. So, like, it's something that got better as the game progressed. But, like, just stupid crap like that. And then the penalties is – we could do a whole segment on the penalties alone, I feel. like Oh, yes. I feel like the Flames, they – They kind of, you know, it's human nature when you lose, when you're going up against a team that loses their two best players and you kind of let off the gas, you might go in with the mindset that you're not going to do that, but subconsciously you might even just do it. Um, and then the third period, the flames kind of realized what an opportunity they've blown. And then the stupid penalties just started happening. And you know, the officiating wasn't great, but it wasn't great for both sides either. Like the, the flames and jets kind of were victims, I guess, of, of, you know, kind of poor officiating, um, but it was just nuts, like so frustrating. So frustrating to watch and so frustrating in the way they played.
0: Definitely. I feel like it was just – I don't know if sloppy is the right word, but I feel like it was undisciplined a lot, Um, you know, with the back checks or cross checks rather. And at one point, I believe it was in the third period, we had like a cross-checking sandwich going on. Yeah. (laughs) and. I was like, oh, I've never seen this before, but it frustrating is definitely the word to go with. <laughs> I think the Flames kind of got ahead of themselves maybe and you know, maybe underestimating the Jets without their two-star players, but then Kachuk was like pinned against the boards at one point and nothing you know, I don't know. It just felt very, just nobody was in there like a hundred percent on their game.
1: Yeah. And like, I think the jets deserve a lot of credit for the way they played and Paul Maurice kind of handled the situation perfectly. He made all the right decisions. He obviously motivated his group in the right way, just based on how they played because the jets were literally the better team for the entire 60 minutes of the game. Like there wasn't a point really where the flames kind of took over and I felt had the momentum. So, um, I think the Jets deserve a lot of credit. And you look at the guys who scored their goals, like other than Ehlers, like Lowry, it was his first playoff goal. And then Mm -hmm. obviously Harkins, it was his first goal ever in the NHL period. And I think kind of the one player that would just kind of summarize how stupid the flames game was yesterday would be Zach Ronaldo. Like Ronaldo played four minutes. He's played seven minutes in this series combined. And in his four minutes yesterday, we spent part of that four minutes taking a ridiculously stupid penalty. And that's just like, you cannot have that, especially at, like if, if all you're going to get is four minutes, you have to take advantage of those. And the last thing you should be able to do is take a stupid penalty. Um, so he, that really hurts. And um, I'm thinking, you know, after the seven minutes I've seen from Ronaldo in this series, I think it's time that fourth line, just the, the line as a, as a whole is kind of struggled. And it's probably time for Ronaldo to get swapped out in the flames. You know, you have a few options of what you could replace him with. It could be Jankowski, which I don't know if that's the way to go. Um, but you also have Austin Zarnik and Alan Quine. So, you know, I would, I would way rather have, at this point, Zarnik or Quine uh, in place of Ronaldo. Um, it just kind of feels like there's a little bit more, like, of you know what you're getting. It, it's a little bit more reliability as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, Ronaldo, who I don't really know. He's not necessarily my favorite flame either. Mm-hmm. So um, it's unfair to him. <laughs> but like I said at the start, uh, full credit to the Jets. Like, that was, that was a gutsy win by them.
0: Excuse me. It was. And I think, you know, describing Zach Ronaldo as a liability is um, really it's perfect because that is exactly what he is. And he has been his entire career. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that um, Ward kept him in.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't know if the Flames necessarily need that, you know, factor of size and grit as much as they need kind of defensive responsibility and then maybe like just a slight, like Quine or Zarnik, they have just that slight, much more scoring touch than Ronaldo. Uh, Neither of them have necessarily tons of scoring touch, but, you know, compared to Ronaldo, um, it's a little bit better. How do you think things went for Matthew Kachuk? Like he was obviously the story of the game going into the game and kind of the player to watch and just kind of see how things progress. How do you think things went for him last night?
0: Um, no, I think he was fine. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's very difficult to play a very solid game when you are under a microscope and you're walking around or skating with a target on your back. But I hope that this afternoon goes a little bit better for him. Mm -hmm. Not that he didn't do anything like he didn't do anything that left me scratching my head yesterday but I'm I definitely want to see more from him
1: yeah I think he I thought he handled the situation really well like that would be you know you have to be a certain kind of personality to handle that situation well where you know you there's a target on your back and you're gonna go in and still be able to play your game like Kachuk was still able to drop penalties which is something he kind of was at the top of the league in during the regular season so Kachuk's always going to be able to draw penalties just because mm-hmm. of kind of how in the head of the opponent he is or how, how much in the opponent's head he is um, even before the game starts. So, um, you know, I thought he handled the situation well. Like we – I always forget how young this guy still is. Like it's yeah. it's amazing that he is able to be that, you know, I guess mentally strong and just able to keep himself composed. And he, we don't see him often kind of go over the – cross the line and, and mm-hmm. uh, make the Flames kind of suffer – for whether it's a pit with penalties or anything like that. So, um, at 22 years old, I think he's still doing an amazing job and, you know, the Jets still have lots of veterans, like, like Blake Wheeler has been on Kachuk's behind the whole series. So, um, you know, Kachuk's doing it against some of the, you know, Blake Wheeler's an awesome player and he's been around in the NHL for a long time. So the fact Kachuk's been able to do that against Wheeler, um, I think it's been awesome. So overall, I came away with Kachuk specifically. I think it was, it was, you know, positive, at least neutral. It wasn't, it wasn't negative at the very least.
0: Right. I definitely agree with you there. And it does take a certain level of mental strength and restraint really to not, to not drop gloves and, you know, take stupid penalties. So, I mean, good for him. I hope that today he um, continues that because I'm sure that your patience runs low and, you just want to play hockey. You're not mm-hmm. there to, to, I, I don't even know. You just want to win the game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the jets don't have Shifley and liney. And then there was that little scary incident where Goudreau came away, um, in the third period with what thought was a hand injury at the start. And then when they showed the replay, it was kind of obvious that he took a skate kind of towards where his um, ribs are on, on his side. Um, I think he's going to be okay to play. He obviously played the rest of the game and it's probably just going to be a nice little bruise, like almost getting kicked in the side. So that was scary to see though. If Goudreau's like, he skated so slow to the bench and like play was happening all around him and he was just like hunched over, skating to the bench. Um, But it looks like he's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, that was definitely um, a scary moment. And I, my worst fear was, oh great here we go. He finally gets the chip off his shoulder and now he has a broken finger or something like Mm. that's what we originally thought it was. But hopefully today he's back on the ice doing his thing.
1: So there you go. That's game two. Uh, a frustrating game to watch, and then obviously the Flames showing frustration themselves in the third period. Um, coming up next segment, Jess and I are going to tell you what we've liked the most, and then what also we've liked the least about the Flames through two games against the Jets. Uh, you are listening to Locked On Flames.
0: Locked On Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm Jessica Belmasto, and Sean is. Uh, Sean underscore Lavery. So, Sean, you mentioned we're going to dissect, you know, what we've liked the most and the least from these first two games. Uh, Do you want to start with what you liked the most?
1: Yeah. Okay, I'll start positive um, because last segment was a little negative. Um, The positive for sure has been Cam Talbot. And I remember in a bunch of episodes leading up to the series, telling everyone to go bet money that both Flames goalies are going to play this uh, series. And we are now going to be three games through a best of five series after today. And Cam Talbot's going to start today. I believe Uh, there's, there's little doubt in my mind about that. Um, He's been a, he's been exactly what kind of the flames have needed. You know, um, he hasn't stolen a game yet, but I don't know if we were necessarily expecting either Riddick or Talbot to be the guy who steals a game um, against the jets, but he's been, he's been solid. He hasn't been a detriment to the team. Um, He had to, he come up huge in, you know, a, a big two-minute five-on-three penalty kill that the Flames had to do, and, and he did an awesome job there. So um, Talbot has been solid, and he's been exactly, I think, what Jeff Ward was hoping for when Jeff Ward decided to start Cam Talbot. So um, the best thing that I've liked the most through this uh, series, through two games, is the fact that there isn't a goaltending controversy mm-hmm. um, in the Flames' crease.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that was uh... – our thing heading into this was really the goaltending and it's impressive to see what Cam Talbot has been able to do. And, you know, hopefully he can keep that going.
1: So that's my positive Jess. What is your positive? What have you liked the most uh, from the flames through two games?
0: I would say the speed from the top line and really the top six in general, I think that it's been uh, impressive. And, you know, when you have, players that look like they have rockets attached to their skates it's uh it sets them apart and mm-hmm. you know the defense isn't always able to keep up with them and they can create a lot more um scoring chances for themselves
1: right and you know the power play looked really good in game one and, and the speed of the top line you know specifically would have a lot to do with that as well uh, yesterday they disappeared and you know I think we kind of forgot about that in that first segment there but the Flames not being able to take advantage of you know six power play opportunities especially you know the offense wasn't doing much yesterday at all and then when you have those power play opportunities um, you can't let those slide away but you know the Flames first line kind of similar to Talbot you know it hasn't been a detriment at this point Um, it's been it's been positive so uh, speed is always a huge factor in that uh, for them so I definitely agree with you. Flames first line, um, it's been nice to see that they've been doing well. In terms of what you haven't liked seeing through two games against the Jets, what is your least favorite part of the Flames game so far?
0: Probably the lack of discipline and just taking so many silly penalties. Like, I get it. It's a playoff series. Our tempers are short. We haven't played games in four months. But, like, please get it together because – like the flames they they have a decent penalty kill but you can't keep relying on them and you even, even strength hockey is probably the uh you know the most optimal kind of hockey you want to play right now <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and i mean like the flames have 10 penalties combined through two games and the jets are at 13 like these I think it's kind of a trend too just around all the qualifying round series not just this one that it feels more like the officials are calling it tighter than a normal playoff circumstance would dictate like uh it almost feels a little bit more like regular season offic- regular season officiating as opposed to playoff officiating um which I'm not sure what's behind that but it it is bizarre how many penalties like the Jets and the Flames they're all they're both taking a lot of penalties and um you know the Flames I think the Jets penalties are kind of more you know Kind of kind of getting in their head things like that Um, and the Flames are just you know it's frustration and kind of stupidity as we talked about so um, I definitely agree with you that you know one of the things I haven't liked about the Flames game through two has been just kind of how easily they kind of crumble and I don't know if it's mentally or just kind of the frustration boiling over but uh, it's not great to see what I don't like through two games so far is the fact that the Flames have not been able to score first, like their starts to games have not been going well. And the flames were one of the top teams in the regular seasons in terms of comeback games. And, you know, the flames were like that uh, a few years ago, I believe in 2014, 15, when they made it to the second round. And that again, kind of showed in the playoffs then. And I remember saying at the time, like, if you play like that in the regular season, I don't want you to kind of keep that trend up in the playoffs where you go down by one or two goals and then have to come back. So um, especially today in game three, where, we don't know if Shifley or Line are gonna play. Um, if neither are playing, you know, the Flames I think have a if they blow that opportunity a second time in a row, um, that would be so awful. But a big key to regardless of if Shifley and Line are playing, a big a big key to the Flames actually doing well, uh, would be starting the game well and kind of being the team that scores first and put the pressure on the Jets as opposed to putting the pressure on yourself.
0: Definitely. I think that if I think, okay, wow, I can't talk. (laughs) If the Flames get on the board first, we will see a completely different game from them than the first two, which I, and I think that's a positive thing because while they have played, you know, good games, it's not up to par with where they should be.
1: Yeah, and like we saw it in Game One when the Flames score a couple power play goals, and then they get the lead, and they have a little bit of confidence. Like then they start playing well, and then yesterday that they're going up against a team that's depleted, losing you know three of their forwards, and then um, the Flames aren't doing well, and then they're down, and then frustration kind of takes over, and then we all know how the third period kind of went. So um, that's where all that good start, you know, just it just helps. It makes things easier. It makes the rest of the game easier. Um, You can kind of control the play, and if everything stays up to par then you know you should come away with a win hopefully so uh, there you go those are the three or sorry the two things we like most and like least about the flames game through two um coming up in our final segment we have a game it's still game day we have a game to look ahead to in game number three uh so jess and i will tee up that for you on locked on flames
0: locked on flames Jess fell and sean lavery continues Want more insight to this qualifying round series? Check out Locked On Jets with Harrison Lee for his thoughts and opinions on Winnipeg's game to win. So, going into Game Three, I first I didn't even realize that they were going to be playing back to back days mm-hmm. um, until after the game yesterday. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know that we don't typically see that in the postseason really.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything's kind of condensed. So um, you know, these teams are used to back to back games. And I think it kind of helps the flames where they don't have that 24 hours or I guess 48 hours to just kind of sit and maul over the previous loss and kind of, you know, pick up all the things they did wrong. Like just kinda they go out and they have the opportunity to redeem themselves right away. Um, I'm 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 hopeful going into game number three here. Um, you know, I'm just going to go under the assumption that n- both Shifley and Lining won't be back in the lineup. I think maybe one of them could be, but I don't know if it's going to be both. Um, especially if if they missed a game yesterday and the and the Jets are playing again today. I, You know, I don't know if they're going to be able to go. Like, I don't see.
0: Yeah. Uh, I find
1: it hard to believe that they'll be ready to go. So, you know, working under the assumption that they're not going to play, and we'll find out later this afternoon... You know, the Flames didn't play well yesterday, but it was still a 3-2 game, and they still, you know, the shots, they still got shots on net, and the shots were, you know, similarly even. Um, so, basically, if the Flames can kind of clean up their giveaways, get the power play at least clicking a little bit, um, then they would have won the game yesterday. So, the Flames just need to make a few improvements tonight, and I think they'll have a chance to win, but, um, you know, it was a big opportunity yesterday with Shifley and Line a both out, and we don't know what, what it's going to be today, but... Um, regardless of what happens, the flames still have things to improve upon and if they can improve upon those, uh, it was a close game yesterday, so they should hopefully win today.
0: I definitely agree. I think it will be, um, maybe yesterday was a wake up call for them saying, you know, like you played well, but you still need to compete at a hundred percent. So turn it up a little bit. I also really didn't even think about this until just now, but, um, there's no traveling, like, there's no um, you know, bouncing back and forth on the plane or whatever. So, you know, you do have a bit more downtime, and I think that the rest will be cherished a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it, they have a good chance of winning today.
1: Yeah. Like it should be the easiest back-to-back these guys will ever play in the NHL. Um, just cause you mentioned they don't have to travel. They don't have to do anything like that. There's no late arrival into a new city or anything like that. So it should be the easiest back-to-back these guys should have ever played. Um, you know, the one thing that does kind of suck with a back-to-back is like, you know, you look at Gaudreau example who obviously got bruised up pretty good yesterday. Um, now he doesn't have as much time to kind of recuperate what hopefully is not an injury and it's just a simple bump, but, um, you know, it's playoff hockey and everyone's kind of playing injured at this point. So um, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. I think yesterday's game was entertaining. The Flames obviously weren't the best team for the entire 60 minutes. Um, But today, uh, hopefully will be entertaining. We're starting to see that bad blood. Like it's, it's not just Kachuk Wheeler, like, you know, um, is becoming a big factor in this series, which I really like. Um, and there's lots of other flames who are just kind of getting in the grill of the Jets, even someone like Michael Backlund's in a couple of scrums, and he's got to be like one of the nicest players in the NHL. And he's, he's getting in the middle of it.
0: I, yeah, I definitely think we will see maybe an uptick in the physicality, hopefully, not as messy as yesterday, but, um, there's definitely some blood in the water and the Sharks are
1: hungry. So I'm looking
0: forward to it.
1: That's one of those things too where if the Flames can be the team that is agitating and when you have a roster with you know Kachuk and Luchich on it, it should be decently easy to be the team that agitates. If you can be the agitator as opposed to the one being agitated then, you know, that's where you kind of avoid those stupid penalties where you're not, you know, cross-checking a guy in the back after he kind of bumps you or anything like that. So um, if the Flames can control that area of the game as well, it's just another positive that would work their way.
0: Yeah, and I definitely, um, I, I really hope that the Flames play a full 60 minutes today and can get, can get on the board first <laughs> and yeah. really make a statement. Now within- the
1: Flames, Jess, have lost 10 straight game twos now, which dates back to like, 2006 I believe it is it's the mid-2000s I don't know what the record is in game threes or or how many game threes they've won or lost in a row but um, you know I guess game two's over so we're done with the crappy part Uh, we can now move on and it should hopefully be positive from here
0: yeah I had no idea about that game two stat but you know it makes sense Uh, I'm looking forward to puck drop Uh, I know it's it's at such a weird time I feel like but Everything's weird and time doesn't exist during a pandemic. <laughs> so. right,
1: right. These guys just, they basically, it's not like the game starts at four. It's like, oh, the game starts, I guess, 18 hours from when our last game ended. So, yeah, or whatever the math ends up being. So, I guess the guys in the bubble, I'm, I don't know if it's how much of an adjustment it's going to be for these guys because they kind of prep for it in camp. I'm, I'm not sure the time of, of the actual game starting will have, you know, too much of an impact. So, um, hopefully, it's just another excuse to, or no, sorry, not something to be made to an excuse and they can just kind of move on and and do their thing. But like I said, I do like the fact it's a back to back where the flames don't have to kind of ponder their loss and kind of get even more frustrated in their hotel rooms as they're all cooped up and they can just (laughs) turn around and go out right away and hopefully rebound.
0: Definitely. I am really excited to see what they do. And I think we're going to have a really, really good hockey game Mm. today. So, Mm -hmm. The Fingers one thing that
1: scares me, though, is the two goals the Flames scored yesterday. Like, those are the kind of goals that I thought we'd be scoring against Hellebuck, where, you know, one literally, the Benicle bounced in off a Jets defenseman and went in. So um, hopefully we get more ugly goals like that. If the Jets' defensemen are still willing to put the puck in their own net, then uh, the Flames should do okay today.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's perfectly fine with me. Any little bit helps. So coming up tomorrow... Sean and I will bring you a full reaction of the third qualifying round game. You can follow us over on Twitter at Jessica Belmosto and Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Flames as soon as it's available each day. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked On Jets with Harrison Lee to get the other side of this story to this series. Have a great day, enjoy game three, and we will talk tomorrow.